1: welcome to the translation company talk podcast i'm excited that today i'm meeting with anna gargiolo from topon digital language we will cover the concept of customer centricity in the language industry as you will hear we all strive to deliver the best to our customers but what does best mean for our customers and how do we meet their expectations as Chief Sales Officer at Topon Digital Language, Anna is focused on profitable revenue generation and growth, customer acquisition strategy and retention, building, growing, and maintaining a high performing sales team, and is the Chief Client Advocate. Anna has been in the translation industry for over 20 years with a primary focus on regulated markets. Most recently, as Vice President of Sales and Regulated Industries at SDL, which is now RWS where she successfully and profitably grew revenue year on year. Anna holds a Bachelor of Arts in Romance Languages from the University of Chicago. Welcome to the Translation Company Talk, Anna. How are you?
2: I'm fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: I've been waiting to do this for a while, and as you know, we had to reschedule a couple times, but I'm I'm very happy you made it. Let's Let's get things started. Please tell us about what you do these days and the exciting news you had to share.
2: Yes, thank you. Yes, it's, uh, it's been an exciting couple of months. Um, I am part of the founding team uh, of uh, Topan Digital Language, um, and uh, I'm joining as a uh, chief sales officer. So, at a very high level, uh, my job description and my role is very clear. Um, I drive growth um, and um, drive business uh, acquisition. Uh, new clients so very exciting um to to be part of this uh new uh new project uh,
1: uh that definitely sounds exciting thanks for that quick uh, intro Anna. can you share with us uh, your journey in, in this industry in localization how did it, all of this start for you
2: <laughs> yeah no that's uh That's sort of the the beginning, right? how did it all start? I think like a lot of us, uh, I stumbled in the industry uh, after university. Um, I graduated with a degree in romance languages. And to be quite honest, I was burned out after four years of college and uh, didn't know what I was doing. Um, But I knew that I wanted to be in New York City. So that was uh, definitely the place for me. Um, And then I started working for... um, A company in Tribeca and uh, this was back in the 90s, late 90s, um, focusing, the company was focusing on multicultural branding. Uh, It was very, very hip, very cool. Um, I was, uh, the office was across from um, Eric Gagosian. So I was just, you know, sort of living the life uh, down in Tribeca and uh, it was all very fabulous, but also it was my first introduction to this concept of uh, languages and multicultural advertising and just really starting to kind of piece together what I had been doing in university, uh, how it could potentially marry with, um, with business. And so I started as a sales admin, so a very, uh, very introductory uh, role, but eventually um, I stumbled into uh, project management roles uh, at Bound, and then um, moved finally to R. Donnelly, which is where um, I was really exposed to uh, more client-facing roles uh, with, um, and was part of um, working with Kristoff Um So really part of that that team that uh, that he helped build uh, over the years there. So. Uh, with that, you know, working at our down, we also got to really be a part of a team that was really focused on the customer. Uh, there was a culture of uh, customer first, uh, uh, always. That was sort of the, the mantra. And that really became something that is now part of my DNA. Um, so from that, you know, really taking uh, more and more senior roles, you know, growing revenue, growing uh, teams. Uh, I've been really fortunate uh, to um, to be exposed to that. And, and you know, I think uh, really uh, very glad to be part of uh, continuing with Christoph in this new opportunity. Uh, so basically just uh, really taking on more uh, leadership roles within uh, cluster- customer-facing roles and eventually uh, leading um, sales teams for Donnelly and then at SDL. Um, and really with a specific focus in regulated industries. So really working with, um, financial clients, uh, financial services, legal services, um, life sciences and um, in the last few years uh, really working with healthcare clients in the in the, in the US. Um, so sort of uh, put my stamp on that.
1: Now uh, you mentioned uh, Christoph Giovanni and I spoke with him recently uh, not too long ago on the topic of mergers and acquisitions. Uh, now you're working with him and Topan, of course, uh, he said customers are important, but it is your people that make the customer successful. Uh, let's start with that. Please tell me what does customer centricity mean for your organization and for you personally?
2: Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, I mean, it's definitely the the topic of the day, right? Um, you know, I think we have this unique and privileged opportunity to uh, to build something from from scratch, in a sense, right? And and so with that, we can really walk the walk and talk the talk uh, when it comes to customer centricity. Um, we, you know, we're not in a situation where we are weighed down by legacy workflows or you know tribes, if you will, and technologies. Um, so we recognize it's a privilege, and um, that customer centricity is at the core of the of our strategy. So um, I, I think for us, you know, customer centricity really starts with an employee-centric organization. You know, I think the two, right. uh, when we talk about customer centricity, we really have to recognize that the equation really works when employees and um, customers are aligned in the in their commitment to each other, if you will. So uh, I, I think, like I said, you know, we're, we're talking a lot right now about uh, culture, being, building the right foundation you know really focusing on um, sort of our of our of our character you know as a corporation and um, you know having the the right environment for for our employees for ourselves creating a space that is um, truly equal that truly gives opportunities uh, to everybody that wants it um, you know diversity is endemic to our to our business right but you know we want to go beyond that and really, give voice to everyone. Um, So creating the right culture um, is fundamental to then take it further and develop it into a uh, customer-centric alignment.
1: What is not working in our industry today? Uh, What is that uh, that the customer today is feeling uh, which is not uh, meeting their expectations? Where are they feeling deprived or or having unmet expectations?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, I do think that there's, like with everything right there's a lot of room for improvement you know they, there is um and I think we all uh, want to do the right thing for a customer right I don't think we, any one of us gets up in the morning saying I'm going to not meet my client expectation um but but I do think that there is a um, there are some competing internal challenges within, at least at the organizations that I've been exposed. Right, I can't speak for for all the the industry, but you know, sort of, sort of the, the things that I've witnessed and experienced have been there are some internal challenges. You know, there's um, there is profits that need to be met. There is um, workflows that need to that need to drive those workflows. Uh, there's your technology that you're trying to sell and your product that is sort of. Um, that you're pushing out. There are silos between product and services and solutions. And I think customers kind of can see through some of that, you know, and I think that that's where the disconnect is, where you have, you know, you have this opportunity to create a vision for the customer. And so in pitches or in meetings, you're addressing those uh, opportunities. But then when it comes to implementing, it starts breaking down because, Internally, things are not really aligned and they're not aligned, in my opinion, because they're not customer. You know, the organization itself is not really uh, customer centric. So I think that that's where the the, the misalignment and the, the expectations are lost.
1: Do you think that customers are interested to be the center of all your attention or would they rather their work uh, take precedence? So you focus on their projects and the deliverable itself as opposed to their needs and, and their long-term goals and objectives? Because that's what looks like our industry is focused on right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, you know, I think that the, the, if you're truly thinking about your customer and thinking about your customer experience and your customer need, and really understanding where you fit in into their uh, their goals, are you aligned with them? You know, in terms of your specialization, or are you? You know, if you if you are a generalist uh, LSP. Are you really able to meet the needs and demands of a financial services company? You need to ask yourself that question, right? Because if you can't answer that question fairly and truthfully, then there's there's going to be that misalignment. Um, so then what you're focusing on is on just getting it done, right? Just getting that deliverable done and not really understanding why you're doing it or why you're being asked to do. Um so I, I think that that's where um, you know if you can have an overarching, Uh, strategy that is uh, really focused on the segment of the market that you're targeting um, and understanding how to solve for it. I have kind of uh, an expertise around it. Then I think you can embed yourself a little bit closer to the customer so that both your short and long term objectives, both your own and your customers, can start
1: to be aligned. How do we solve that problem of uh, disconnect between the expectation of the customer and uh, our service offering for that matter? Is there a one size fits all approach uh, out there or is there a formula?
2: No, I mean, I think that you know, if, if if we can figure that out, we would all be in, a, in different places, right? But I think there definitely there is no size one fits all, right? And I think that that's where things get complicated. Uh, and I think that that's where internally sometimes you see uh, the, the the misalignment where you're trying to sort of push a customer into a certain workflow, and that doesn't fit um, because just because the customer is showing X Y Z sort of criteria doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to look exactly like that same type of customer. Right. So I think it's really engaging with the customer, understanding your customer, having meaningful relationships, being having those relationships that are uh, are really driving towards a partnership can allow you to understand where can they fit and also understanding where the fit is not right is okay too is to you don't necessarily want to walk away from business but also understand how you can get to the mecca together as a with your customer and that i think is part of having those trusting yourself to have those relationships and enabling your employees enabling everyone um, on the team from the sales rep to the project managers to the solution managers etc to have those kinds of meaningful interactions so that you can drive to those uh, solutions that fit and make sense and so that everybody um, is happy.
1: Customer centricity to me means building your entire organization process, products, and, and services around the universe of the customer. Is that how you are approaching things at Topan?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think, the, you know, I, I think that that's one way of thinking about it, right? So yes, in a sense, but you know, I think we're approaching it from um, from a segmentation perspective, right? Uh, we are we we are focusing on being um, of support and of uh, of service to regulated markets. So already, we're sort of carving out a niche that is underserved currently. Discerning uh, there are gaps, so there used to be better service before, but somehow things got lost, and they things get lost because of a number of different factors. You know, our, the the customers in those verticals have transformed, and I think some LSPs, uh, you know, we've been trying to catch up to that, and vice versa. Um, so I, I think segmenting your your strategy, understanding. Um, your strategy, understanding your customers, really listening to what customers in your segment are trying to do and achieve. That's where you can then start thinking about being customer centric, um, and then you can start aligning your product, your solutions, your um, you know your organization towards the same.
1: Um, goals. We talk a lot about uh, value that we deliver to customers. How can this approach deliver better or more value to customers? How can they see that value?
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think the concept of alignment is is really there when you have that kind of approach, right? I think, um, you know, we the goals are shared goals, right? Our goals, our customers understand our goals. We want to grow. We want to do X. We want to do Y, and the customers in, in you know on, on the other end will tell you what their goals are. Understanding how you can align, understanding how you can get there together. It's having a shared vision and having uh, that those kinds of expectations being uh, clear um, that they can then be uh, managed. Uh, controlled, achieved, and measured. Um, so I, I think that that's where the value can can be drawn from.
1: At the end of the day, the goal, uh, Anna, is to 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 help the customer become successful in whatever they're trying to do. Whether it's to speak with a specific demographic that right. doesn't speak their language or anything related to that, right? So how do we communicate the right message to a potential customer and, and that segment that you just mentioned earlier that you are the right fit for them?
2: Yeah. Right, and I and again, I think it starts with um, with understanding where you bring value, understanding your own value, right, and understanding right. that okay, we have this strategy, we believe this is our sort of our hypothesis, right? We are uh, we believe that we can serve this customer in this uh, in this uh, space, and we can demonstrate that value or that that experience through xyz background you know i think with uh, with our team specifically at token we have experience coming from so many different places whether it's on the sales side whether it's on the account management side um, building company strategy um, etc i I think and you know eventually operationally we will keep growing Um, that experience of focus will resonate well with the customers they were trying to reach
1: would you say that today the customer is not the center of other lsp's uh, reason for existence uh, i wouldn't say that many companies uh, for example will say that you know they are customer focused from my perspective is that for balance between what the customer wants versus what the agency needs to achieve or are they out of balance you
2: know i, I was thinking about that you know i mean because um it's, it's a question that you know, obviously, uh, I, I do believe that everyone wakes up in the morning saying, say, "We are here for our customer, right? We are here that's to serve right. our customer. We're in the service business, right?" That's kind of my mindset, at least. Um, and I and I think that most of us in this um, in this space, in you know, in the LSP world, we we all think that way. So I, I don't think that that's not the case. Um, but I but I think what happens is that. Um, like anything, right? If you lose track of your strategy, if you lose track of why you're in it, you know, if you lose track of um, what it is that that you're trying to achieve, then you are looking at internal factors, and I think that that's where the disconnect is also, where organizations are. Some of the LSPs that I um, that I have heard about, that I that I've been a part of, that I've researched, um, they start to look more inward rather than outward, right? So it's about a customer fitting into their processes, into their workflows so that they can achieve X X gross margin or X profit, whatever it might be, right? Um, Rather than thinking about the customer and you need to challenge yourself constantly to think about how the customer can then drive your workflows and your operations so that your gross margin is also aligned to your own objectives, right? So I, I think that that's where we, we need to continue to push ourselves against is, you know, of course, it's important to, to be able to turn on the lights. But if you have the right strategy and if you have the right segmentation strategy, if you have a sort of a basic understanding of those things and focus on those kind of customers that really can meet those, uh, you know, your value proposition, then I think you you have less of a chance of becoming uh out of touch uh, with the expectations
1: from my experience and based on on many conversations i've had it appears that most lsps try to sell something that they have so they are selling shoes they don't know if they'll fit that person's foot or not Uh, how often do we take the time to go and figure out whether uh, we understand the customers need accurately so we can design a solution to solve their problem in other words how, how do we do that often enough
2: you know i, I think we i think we, we try to do it when when there is a specific rfp for example so i think the solution gets thought of during uh, in a in a reactive way rather right. than a proactive way and i think that that's where we can probably do better um and um, I think there's a lot of opportunities to to really trying to listen to what the customer problem is. You know, I think um, a quality uh, issue is could be a symptom of a larger issue, right? It could be a, a symptom of a workflow opportunity for enhancement or a technology opportunity that hasn't been thought of. But if you're just trying to band-aid things or if you're constantly reacting to a problem, then you're not really thinking strategically. You're not really thinking about the larger picture. Um, so I think that that's where we, we could certainly do better. And even on the customer service side, right? I, you know, I think um, you know I think customer service means different things to different buyers. And understanding what customer service means for every every client is important. Not just every client, but an enterprise client is comprised of different business units, different buyer personas and really meeting each of those individuals or groups uh, where they need you to be so if you have a customer that wants you to be low touch that they want to be uh, automated as much as possible. That's the experience they want. You should be able to provide that, right? And that is where you should be striving for, to have them have that experience with you, right? Like like Uber, you know what you're going to get. It's the kind of experience that I want. I don't want to talk to anyone when I order a car. I just want to get a car. And I know approximately how much it's going to cost me and I'm on my way. And then there are cases where I want a better, a a different type of experience. I want a more personalized experience. I want a better car. I want um, whatever. Uh, And I think defining what customer service is, defining those kinds of things are, again, part of an opportunity to talk to our customers and engage with them on what does good customer service look like to you? Tell me about it, and let me know. Let me see how we can come together and provide you with that experience.
1: Anna, in a world where we expect our suppliers to not just deliver the best product or service, but treat us nicely, what does it mean for an enterprise to be treated poorly compared to another enterprise that's receiving better service?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't imagine, right? To to be in a service industry and not be and, and treat. And provide poor service or treat uh, our customer, but I think what that perhaps is a symptom of um, something else that's going on within the context of that um, that that experience, right? So maybe the the company that is providing conditions that are difficult, and therefore the employees are not happy, or the the company is has kind of lost its ways, and people don't feel connected to uh, why they're doing things, right? So I think it, it comes—it kind of comes back to this very integral point around customer experience is employee experience. If your employees are engaged, if they're connected to, um, to the mission of what you're doing, if they're connected, if they're participating um, in the process of client success, then they will be proud, right? The sense of corporate pride and personal pride comes through. Um, in their in their engagement. So I, I do think that if you kind of look under the hood, uh, perhaps you really need to understand what is the context that's driving that kind of behavior, and, and it could be an environmental one.
1: There is a lot of value and quality over quantity, but business growth must be top of mind for uh, LSP leadership. How do you balance the two, Anna?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, right? I think uh, qua- we all want quality revenue right we we certainly all want those kinds of experiences but I but I think you know you know and that but it also depends on what again what your strategy is where you are in the life cycle of an LSP you know if you are a a million dollar LSP versus a hundred million perhaps you have different um different desires and requirements from my perspective I've been on of the mindset that know top line is key to grow top line revenue is absolutely key uh to keep growing you know if you're not growing top line you're you're declining or you're stagnating and that um as as challenging if not more challenging i think than um having some of your revenue mix uh being a little bit challenging and therefore figuring out well how can i improve on this client experience so that we are both driving the, re- the results that we need in order to keep on the light. Um, so uh, th- that's sort of my perspective on things. And again, for, for, for us at Topan uh, Digital Language, we are, um, our perspective being that we we're trying to segment the market and to really um, address uh, an area of the market that, like I said, it's a bit underserved. We, we think we have opportunities to have those clear conversations, transparent conversations with customers. So, that there is alignment, and that we are uh, mutually engaging in beneficial relationships.
1: Let's now talk, Anna, about value once again. What is it that a client buys from a language supplier? Uh, they're clearly not buying translation. You
2: no, know, I, I would argue that they are buying translation at right. a high level, right? But I, I would also, uh, but mostly, uh, I think that they are—they're they're buying um, peace of mind. They're buying. Um, project management, they're buying uh, results so that they can do their job, right? Um, it's uh, the, the expectation on a, on a client is that you are going to provide that service. You are an LSP, you say you do translations, of course you're going to deliver me good quality, right? So, um, But the the complexity the projects bring and the mix of languages, file types, right? Different media uh, types, et cetera, uh, all of those things. Can get pretty complicated. Um, so what what I think they ultimately buying from us is experience, um, commitment, um, desire to to do the right thing. And you know, and things do go wrong from time to time. And having that that ability to be transparent with customers is also having that trusted relationship uh, is important. So. Yeah, it is. They are buying translation ultimately, but they're buying more than that, to your point. You know, I think it's really key.
1: What is the opportunity to make a difference and improve the customer experience in, in this process? Um, are, are there specific touch points that can be improved?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the, the entire journey, right? The, you know, we talk a lot, of, you know, right now with our uh, with our marketing team and strategy about the buyer journey, right? And I think where does this start? How do customers engage? Um, where can we improve that experience? Um but but I also do think that there's a lot to be said for social media and to sort of get that kind of awareness and engagement. But there's a lot to be said, I think, for that the relationship, right? Really building solid foundational relationships that allow for um, you know for openness and for uh, for really understanding what's going on inside or, an organization or a team, um, so I, I think it does start with listening um, and, and really actively listening to what their what customers are trying to tell you, and really shutting down a little bit, that brain that that goes off. You know, if you're in sales like me, that's like, okay, I, I know what I can sell you now, right? <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's more around, what are they really saying? You know, what's really going on here? And then bringing people together from the, the LSP world that, that are listening and are hearing the same thing, so that everyone can fully engage and and, and think creatively about uh, how to to solve for some of these you know these new challenges that are that customers are. Uh, are up against, you know, I think with the volume explosion, different media types, you know, I, I think there has been a lot on our customers plate and, and we can we can do so much more for them if we just um, kind of sit back and, and, and really observe and watch and listen and, and think through together. As to where they want to get
1: to. Today, when people talk about translation or the LSPs, they just think that there's text to be translated, but they don't know all these intricacies. And as you mentioned, there are so many different industries that we have exposure to, and each one of them have their own unique requirements, their own unique way of doing things. Some of them are technology-oriented, some of them are not. So for an LSP to carve a space for itself to find that specialty, that niche. How can it actually figure out and narrow down to the piece of the pie that best fits their skill sets and uh, grow from there?
2: Yeah, you know, like I said, I think we, we, um, you know, with with what we're doing at Topan Digital Language, you know, is very, very specific. You know, we were sort of bringing together our backgrounds, which is has been in regulated industries. And. You know coming from financial services um, then evolving that into life sciences um, understanding that that's where we can add value right because we've been experiencing we've been supporting customers we're being engaged with those customers we've had those kinds of relationships and we're interested in it there's a genuine interest and a, a specialization so you know and that's for us it's called you know regulated industries but i think you can make the same argument for uh gaming or for software localization you know I, I don't think that i personally wouldn't know where to begin if you asked me about uh software localization uh necessarily right um so it's it's really understanding what drives your um you know wh- where where are you drawn to what where do you think you can Um, set a team around you that supports those kinds of organizations and so um, in regulated industries you have by default sort of a um, an expertise learning and serving this customer Um, but like i said i think the same can be said for other types.
0: This podcast is made possible with sponsorship from Hybrid Links, a human-in-the-loop provider of translation and data collection services for healthcare, education, legal, and government sectors. Visit HybridLinks.com to learn more.
1: Uh, Anna, while we are uh, covering the the topic of customer centricity, um, for an organization that wants to grow um, its, its business, an LSP want, that wants to grow its business. How can it do so by sticking to its uh, its roots and, and ensuring that customer remains at the heart of everything that it does? Does it take uh, one of its success stories where the customer was extremely happy and uh, the project was delivered with, uh, with success as it can be, and, and then replicate that story or do they venture into new waters to, to, to figure out how they can be better in other areas?
2: yeah, no, and I, I think definitely taking the success story and try to replicate it, right? So that it's not a once uh, you know one- time event, right? That you could feel really uh, confident that it's an experience that you could replicate, right? Because also if you can replicate that experience, it becomes uh, more profitable as well for you as an LSP, um, you know as opposed to having to create something from scratch again and again and again. right? So you do want to think about, um those kinds of opportunities you've been successful at this customer is willing to be an advocate you know if you could get the customer to become uh also an advocate for you to sort of uh support you uh that becomes a real win-win and you kind of keep going at that and I think that that's uh, kind of that's our story uh from the Donnelly days right we were supporting the um back in the days the financial Uh, division the financial print division of of, uh, our Donnelly and started with the IPO translations then we sort of extended to uh, capital uh, markets in general and then sort of went down the line in financial services and just really kind of dug into those areas that we felt like we we are successful here we understand the clients um uh, we understand the need and, you know, little by little, you you can replicate, duplicate, and tell that story in such a way that it resonates and people are attracted to it.
1: Let's talk about uh, another topic. Basically, everyone's interested in discussing this. With automation and commoditization of translation, does the enterprise customer care about anything beyond the deliverable today? I,
2: I, I think automation is, you know, it's absolutely part of what we're all driving towards, right? So it's both... Right. Benefit for for the customers to have automation, to have AI uh, where it makes sense, um, but that's not at the at the expense of the the the, the deliverable or the experience, right? So again, it, it's it kind of goes back into the the story I was saying about Uber. You know, you can have that kind of automation when it's needed, um, and a client may just want that, and you have to be if you understand that, and if you can deliver and compete with that, then you you have a successful story and you, you have a, a customer that, that is happy and a happy customer is the best thing you can have. Um, but you're also going to have customers that, that are looking for bigger experiences. They want you to be engaged in different areas of their business or in deeper uh, conversations. And that's where um, automation then becomes just a part of the, the strategy to facilitate those engagements as opposed to the be all and end all
1: storytelling is important these days let's talk about that mm-hmm. how do you tell your potential client and enterprise space that they will be the center of everything uh, how do you put your story out there so they understand that your entire focus is on them
2: you know i, I think that that's um but that's the beauty of what, what we're doing right now, right? I think, um, you know, our story is unique uh, in, uh, in, my, in my opinion. I think the story that we're telling right now uh, to our uh, customers, our uh, our clients, our, um, you know, other LSPs, it's resonating. There's something that of, of the way we're telling that story that is making sense. Um, so, you know, I, I think what we have is a proven, um, experience. You know, I think we, we have shown results in the customer experience. We have shown results, uh, in growth of our customers, um, you know, we are targeting a very niche market. So, uh, I think that also resonates right to, to our potential customers that, we we are focused on them by default, right? That's all we're thinking about. We're thinking about financial services. We're thinking about healthcare. We're thinking about life sciences, and so we, we But we're not thinking necessarily about manufacturing and aviation and things like that, right? Um, so I, I think that 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 focus uh, is allowing us to to have a story that. That, that makes sense. And then the fact that we are, um, you know, so far that the people that are that are working on this project have been in the, st- in the industry for a while with success behind it, you know, proven sort of results, that, that is another compelling factor. Um, and then we're, you know, from a solution standpoint that we're bringing together, um, you know, we we are not going to try to shoehorn clients into into a product that we have. We're really going we're we're in it for the long run, and we're in it for the long run for our customers. So we we will be engaging with them so that, that we can have that right fit. Um, and we're not in a in a panic mode, if you will, about getting them signed up, getting them on board, and just sort of move through uh, as quickly as possible.
1: Let me uh, ask you about how things are changing in our industry. Anna, do you see a shift in the mindset in our industry where customer service and centricity is becoming a priority?
2: I do. I mean, I think we 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 have to, right? I, I think uh, I don't know if it's becoming a priority uh necessarily in terms of the actions or you know how it's actually unfolding but but certainly you know Ed, we all talk about customers king customers is key etc um and and so that that will continue to be the case but I, but i think that the missing piece here is really defining what who you're going to serve what is your preferred customer you know where are you going to bring value to uh to customers that's um where it moves beyond just saying that you're customer centric and customer focused into really actualizing um, that this the strategy around customer centricity
1: please explain to me anna about our role in a customer's journey where do we fit how do we make the right fit and and do clients understand that
2: yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, Again, another million-dollar question. So if we could all answer that. We would be in different spaces. No, but I, but I do think that um, you know, ideally, right? We all want to be upstream with our customers. We all want to be in those board conversations. We want them to think of their localization strategy upstream rather than where it's typically landed, um, which is at the last minute. Oh, oops, we have translations to get done. Um, so. It, I think for again um, for us, it's understanding that niche market, having those relationships with key customers, understanding the key customer they were trying to attract and to be value, value to, and then forming those relationships so that um, we can, if not influence necessarily, but at least have give them give translation or localization uh, a voice into their their strategic planning. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, and I don't know if um, You know, I know in Canada it's a little different because, of course, you know you're a bilingual country, um, so translation is always prime. But in the U.S., what I've noticed is that those software companies that are uh, bubbling up in New York specifically, um, which we haven't seen as much before, they're already um, coming out with translation teams in as part of the organization, right? So translation is really starting to. Be a strategic function um, in sort of the fintech or the the tech um, the tech space um, across all the different verticals. So I, I think that that's where uh, even the our customers are really changing and translation is coming along uh, with it. So I think as an industry we've done a pretty good job. You know, thanks to you know Slater and Nimdzi and CSA. Um, I think those organizations as well as just you know the uh, the, the various LSPs have done a pretty good job in sort of getting the message out that you need to think about your translation strategy upstream.
1: Customers' success drive the success of their suppliers. Uh, some of us are dependent on it more than others because we don't have diversification in terms of customer segments. How do you map the customer's success to your own processes and services to make sure that it's all aligned, as you said, and, and centered around the customer?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, you know you know we we talk about kpis right for example the sort of metrics around uh, the success factors you know defining what success is from the get-go um and really trying to figure out how do you measure them that those those ideas those metrics you know you know translation as we know it's more of a uh, qualitative uh, sort of uh, world, right? And how do you quantify quality? How do you quantify the experience? So having clear, you know, clear ideas of what the success factors mean for that customer, for that department, and even for their individual, uh, I, I think is is going to allow for alignment because my KPIs versus my Client's KPIs might be completely uh, different and having that spelled out is allows for everyone to speak, quote unquote, the same language. Right. So we we have a basis for having the the same sort of uh, ideas that we want to measure.
1: Should our KPIs depend on those of the client?
2: Well, yeah, uh, I think so. Right. I mean, they, they, they depend on what the client wants you to measure. Right. Um, I mean, you can have your own internal KPIs, right? Of course. Um, And and that's absolutely important. You need to measure your own efficiency and as a business. Um, But um, but but the customer is has if the customer has a specific requirement that they are trying to measure, that's what you need to measure. You can. If you, if you think that measuring on-time uh, delivery is an important KPI, that might be true. That might be a, an interesting KPI. But if it doesn't matter to your customer, then it's a KPI that doesn't matter, you, you know? Um, right. So, again, really working with the customer to understand what matters to you, what are the things that are going to say to, when you're doing the scorecard, if customers are doing those kinds of uh, tasks, we, we want to make sure that we understand how we can score high across the board and where and when there is when we're not doing so well that's an opportunity for improvement so it's definitely not not a challenge but always an opportunity to do better
1: since you are starting a new venture i think it's a good time to ask you a question about developing a framework for um, uh, building a relationship with a customer whether it's one customer or multiple is there a template uh, that that you should maintain a constant communication with a customer using qbrs for example or any other format where you can uh, gauge customers satisfaction you can figure out what their needs are or, or create demand in terms of expectation for uh, things that are coming down the road is there something like that that you're working with or everyone has their own unique approach of building something like that
2: yeah i mean i, I think uh, you know it starts with um you know you, you definitely want to have a framework to your point right. of engagement right and you know sort of some customers will want to meet quarterly some will want to meet you know annually, whatever it is, right? And so having that uh, th- those business reviews being meaningful, right? Um, and that's why KPIs really help to s- sort of drive some of those conversations, right? They can be tact you know uh, actuals, uh, they can be factual. Um, But then that's also an opportunity where you are talking to your customer about what you're doing, you know, what you are hearing or what uh, bringing some value to your customers. You know, this is what I'm hearing in the marketplace. You know, this is what your competitor is doing. Uh, How are you reacting to this and that? So definitely uh, you you want to create a a cadence of engagement that is um, that is established and programmatic Um, because, you know, life is busy and we're all busy and you know, you you don't want to just have a com- a relationship that is so transactional in nature that you forget that you need to build on that relationship. But and and I think that's also beyond that, beyond the cadence of a QBR or annual reviews. And uh, this is the magic that the sales rep sort of brings, right? Developing the relationship, um, and not just the the sales rep, but then the the project managers that people that are engaging on, on a day-to-day basis also have the opportunities to, to sort of listen and assemble information so that we can really be in an active collaboration with the client at all times.
1: As service providers, we typically don't have much exposure in the customer leadership boards. Is that a challenge to make them aware of how we do things different if they didn't know how we did them at the first place?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's definitely a challenge. So for sure, it's a challenge. But um, yeah, I, but I think having uh, more of a, um, of a social media presence as well as a segmentation strategy helps you get closer to those top layers um, and to those strategies, uh, to those strategic conversations rather that then allow you to be closer to that top. Uh, to that top layer, so um, I, I think it's really understanding where you're trying to put your focus on, where you think you can bring value, and how do you network in such a way so that that you can um, that that you can create that that space for yourself. Um, but but also I, I do think that our industry is going through an evolution and a maturity. You know, I think when I first started, you know, CSA was the only player in town, and now you know it's great to see. Um, you know, like I said, Slater and Nimzy, um really coming into play, and and I do think that they are bringing a certain awareness that is helping us, uh, all of us you know, as LSPs, to 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 reach those um, those those, um, those echelons, if you will.
1: Of course. And what message uh, would you like to send out to the industry at large today, Anna?
2: I, I was waiting for this question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, my my message is: be ready. Uh, to open digital language is here, and we are here to stay and to be um, here for the long run. Uh, our goal is to be the leading provider of uh, language solutions to regulated industries. Uh, so we're in we're in it for the long run, and we're excited uh, for it. Um, but you know, to, on the on the other side too is. Uh, the message too is, you know, we we have an opportunity to really communicate, uh, help our customers communicate in whatever, uh, whether it's uh, cultural communication, regulatory communication, um, it, it's all centered around this ability that, that we can um, provide. And uh, I would say, don't take your people for granted, you know, really think about y- your organization and the talent that um, the, the project coordinators, the vendor managers, uh, the sales teams um, bring to the table is really um, not to be underestimated. So, you know, take care of your own so that they can take care of um, your customers.
1: How do people get in touch with you and learn more about Topan and and what we discussed today?
2: So I am active on LinkedIn. So I think that's um, the easiest way to, to reach me. And, um, you know, obviously, I'm available on uh, email. And uh, so, you know, Sultan, if you can, perhaps, you know, add that information, I can share with you, but I'm always reachable on my cell phone. Um, so I can, you know, if you send me uh, an, an, a message on LinkedIn, that I will reply, or if I receive an email, I'm really happy to connect. Um, and, you know, we will be um, long you continue to speak about open digital language you know there's a lot going on in the next few months uh, so we will be we will continue to be visible online but certainly um, really looking forward to um, to get back you know on the road at some point this year uh, and uh, you know get back into seeing customers suppliers uh, partners um, and colleagues whom uh, to be honest I, I quite miss um that, that personal uh, you know that physical um experience that we get by working together in offices or you know events etc
1: that was an amazing conversation anna i have personally learned a lot and my goal is for our community and entrepreneurs to learn skills that improve their business and their lives uh, i think even if one of our listeners benefited from this conversation today we have met that goal With that, I want to thank you for speaking with me today. All the best with the new venture. And I look forward to hearing from you in in future episodes about how things are going at Topon.
2: I would love that too as well. And thank you. Thanks again, Sultan. This has been great. I appreciate it.
1: Okay, it's time for my roundup of the interview and my analysis as to what has been discussed. As you heard, customers define our businesses and they are the reason why LSPs exist. Some of us try to understand our customers better than others and I think that defines the success of a language services company. From what I learned from Anna, you need to be fully aligned with your customers and be in the same headspace as they are, build your KPIs based on those of your clients and make sure they receive the best service. Finding a niche and focusing on that niche to deliver value, calibrate that value for every client's unique needs And staying on top of your client's issues, challenges, and opportunities will foster long-term benefits for both parties. Customers are all unique and have their set of challenges. And as problem solvers, the onus is ours to ensure they are able to deal with those issues, making us their go-to solutions providers. We have reached the end of this episode. Anna Gargiolo is a veteran localization executive, and she has delivered an outstanding interview. I would call it a masterclass in leadership and customer success. Topon Digital Language is an exciting new venture in the regulated industries space, and I believe it will quickly find a dominant position in its space. There is a lot to learn from their experience, and I hope this episode gave you a glimpse of that. Don't forget to subscribe to the Translation Company Podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your platform of choice. Keep your feedback coming and give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode.